The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Silber, Dayan and author of The Code of Jewish Conduct, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. For Hetre Iska, loans and collections, please call the center at 1-888-485-VAAD or visit thehalachacenter.org. Various dinim, interesting halachas in today's flat. Poil, a worker who damaged the damaged instead of repairing. Somebody brought a fancy wooden box to a carpenter and he asked him, "Can you please repair this for me?" And he knocked the nail in and he damaged. He has to pay the damages. He's a mazik, just like any other mazik. He has to pay odomud lo'elom, even though it was by, by mistake, by accident. He has to pay the damages. Now, what happens if he brings a, a pile of wood to the carpenter and he asks the carpenter, can you please build me a chair and have a little hook in the back? And the carpenter builds the whole chair and when he comes to putting the hook in the back, he damages it. Well, over here we have a machloikas. Do we say umen koina bishvachkli, meaning that you bought him a pile, a pile of wood worth $20, now the chair is worth $80. That $60 is his until you come and take your chair and pay him. Therefore, when he knocked the nail in the back, he only damaged, as far as you're concerned, your $20. The other $60 he damaged is his own. Or do we say no? He's working with your wood, and as he works, and as it becomes more and more of a chair, it becomes worth $80, that's all yours. Well, it's a big machleik saposkim, it would seem that the Shulchan Aruch paskins, however, there's a big machleik saposkim over here. If he damaged the wood before he started, for sure he only pays for wood. If he damaged the chair when it was complete, that's where we're running into Machlokas. A Shiloh will have to be asked. One thing is for sure, if the woman used his own glue or his own varnish, lacquer, uh, he used some of his own raw materials, then there's a sugi in Kiddush in Dafmen Ches that everybody says that the woman will be koina bishvach kli and he'll only pay you for the wood, your wood he damaged. Uh, there are many other damages that workers may be liable to pay. If a building contractor was banging the stones of your... The back, not, demolishing a wall, if he demolished it in the normal way and stones fell down and broke, even though usually we would expect him to pay for broken stones because part of, broken stones because part of the demolition costs part of the demolition agreement is that he keeps the stones whole stones were very expensive in those days they are too nowadays just uh, not all contractors save them so if if he was knocking the wall in a normal way and the stones fell and broke he is not liable to pay the, the for the damages however if he banged the wall too hard and some stones fell off at the other end of the wall he will be liable to pay for those broken stole, stones. He may even be liable to pay any damages that they cause to other people. Nowadays, the various laws 
which have caused various minhag medinas may make your, la- your neighbor liable, not only his contractor, not only his workers. Me'ikah hadin, his workers, you're not a wall too hard and not the stones down should be chayev. Um, it may be that the contractor is chayev or even the owner of the property will be chayev for any damage caused by those stones. Uh, if there were two workers working together, it would, uh, it would seem that it all depends on whose, whose job it was right now when the damage happened. Sometimes if it's bekablonus, then all of the workers together will, will be chayev. And if it's bishire yoim, then only the worker who it fell out of his hands and broke will be chayev. An important point to mention is the special takona that Chazal made for sabolim. Schleppers, um, hovala, carriers people who physically carry barrels of wine from one place to the other, if they, the, if the, the things they were, they were, they were um, schlepping around fell, not through any negligence of their own, even though Midin Torah, we should say that this is like Gneva Vaveda and Hashem Asoche is Chayev, there is a special Takonas Chazal that the, the breakage of these things have a din of the death of an animal, which is called an oinus, and they should be potter. There is a machlekas whether they will still get their wages for this transport, even though the stuff broke under their hands. Whether they get the wages or not, they are potter for the damage, if it was done not out of negligence. Uh, this is when they did, when they, they carried and transported the stuff in the normal way. But if they changed, they have their difference to everybody else, and we blame we could blame it on that, and they will be liable to pay the damages. Nowadays, generally, transport companies do make you sign a contract, and they and their workers have it very well worked out exactly what they're liable to and what not. Um, sometimes there, there's even insurance policies. All of this would be quite easily worked out, because, of course, in DNA Marminus, whenever you make an agreement, we're going to go according to your agreement. If you didn't make an agreement, we're going to go according to local custom because it stands to reason that you, you're, or whatever you were agreeing on was according to local custom. Uh, if there's no local custom, there was no agreement between them, that's when we'll come on to the entire um, <clears throat> You give something to a craftsman to fix and he doesn't do what you asked him to do. He's got a mind of his own, this fellow. You gave him some wood, and you asked him, please make me a chair. And he made you a bench, a stool, something not exactly what you asked, but it might be very useful for somebody who does need it, just you don't. Or he made you the chair, but very poor quality. So this is a woman, Sheshina Midas Bal Habayis. So he, he gives back this chair or this bad workman craftsmanship to the to the owner, and he has to yodoi shomin yodoi al The Gemara speaks about giving wool to the person who colors who dyes the wool, and it's in the too much too high light, too high fire, and it got burned. So then he, the craftsman has to pay for the wool that he's burned. But if he's just coloured it in a not nice way, in a very poor quality, not nice way, or he coloured it the wrong colour, then it gets in like giving him the piece of wood to make you the chair and he made you the bench or made you a, a not very good quality chair, a very bad quality chair. So the Baal Habayis will have to give the poyer, will have to give the worker, the craftsman, the Yodoy al the 
lesser of the amounts between either the improvement in the value, the increase in the value of the article, or his hoitzois, his expenses. Let's say his expenses were $10 and the article increased 15, he will only get 10. If his expenses were $10 and the article increased only, only 5, he will only get 5. We'll get the lesser of the either increase in value or the, the uh, expenses. If the Balabai said, I just want my wood back, I just want my wool or my wood, some say we, his, he will, his, uh, his demand will be upheld and he will be given the price of his wood or his wool. Uh, however, if um, others argue and say he will not, again, this depends on... If, similarly, can, can the, the craftsman tell the balabais, I just want to give you the price of your wood? Uh, if they both agree on that, then it's fine. But if they disagree, again, this would depend on whether Uman Koine Vishvachli or not. The worker cannot make this demand, but the balabais, it's a machloik as if he can ask for his wood back or not. Uh, if he was negligent, he he damaged while he was working. The craftsman damaged through negligence. Uh, even if he did it, even if he did the job for free, he will be liable to pay the damages because a person is always considers if he's doing things on purpose when he damages, and he's not worse than a shemachinom. A shemachinom also has to pay for pshia. If it was a real oinus, then even if it was a, a real, you know, beyond his, his control, what happens, then even if he is bischar, even if he's being paid to do this job, he will be potter from paying for the damages. Uh, somebody who gave some uh, chitin, some, some um, wheat to somebody to grind, and instead of doing the usual process of wetting it first and whatnot, it, he didn't do the right thing, and it's, it's, it's just not, not fit for, for flour, it's what, what he's ground. Or he gave him some, some flour to make bread, and he made him the wrong kind of bread, it's like all falling to bits, something's wrong with it, he has to pay, the workman has to pay the damages, he has to pay for the flour or for the wheat. Somebody who gave an animal to a sheikhut and asked him to shecht it, and by mistake the knife slipped or whatever, it became a novella. There is a certain element of oinus, there is a certain element of shia. Therefore, if he is a mumcha, he's a big expert, and he's, doing, he's done this for free, he did the shechita for free, then if there was no pshia whatsoever, he is potter. If he is not a mumcha, and uh, even, even if he did this for free, he will, have to, he will have to pay. Or if he is a mumcha and he took money, in which case he should have taken extra care, he will have to pay the damages. In a place where things are not clear what happened over here, then the sheikhat has to bring a raya that he is a mumcha. If we don't know whether he is a mumcha or not, he will have to bring a raya that he is a mumcha. A sefer was writing a sefer Torah, and he damaged it in a way that it's impossible to repair it. He has lost his schar. If it is a, a mistake that's possible to repair, so it can be repaired. He has not lost his schar. He's not lost his wages. Uh, in Who repairs it? Well, it depends. In a place where it's expected of the sofa who's writing the sefer Torah to do the repairs too, he will have to repair it. In a place where you call in someone else afterwards to do the repairs, You'll have to call someone else to do the repairs. If the original sofa did the repairs, he can demand extra money 
for in, a, in addition to what it did also for the repairs. Um, any worker who only did a part of the work that you agreed on, and this part that he did is absolutely no use, you don't have to pay him anything. If a worker came along to paint your, your house and he just painted one wall and the wall that he's painted is absolutely no use to you, you don't have to pay him for painting. Um, of course, if the second painter says, oh, well, that wall's already been done, or that half wall has already been done, so I can knock some off the price, then you, you, you will have to pay the first one, whatever was deducted. But uh, if it's absolutely no use, then you don't have to pay. I would like to speak about the sugya of, there is an, an interesting Nesivas who brings a raya from our sugya of, uh, to, to the din of Yerud. Uh, Yerud, yeah. So what happens if you have a monkey who steals some dye from Reuven and runs over and dyes Shimon's garment with it? Now Shimon's got this beautiful green garment. It, it was, didn't have any color before. Uh, does he have to pay Reuven for his dye? Uh, well, that's uh, well. Let, let's work out what are the di- what, what what's the the main svara behind why he should have to pay is because look, I've got my money and your thing. If had the monkey taken a hundred dollars out of my pocket and put it into your pocket, I would ask you, can you please give it back to me? It's my money in your pocket. So what exactly is going on over here? So I would like to summarize roughly, without going into too much detail, the din of Hayyurid Masada Chaveray. So first of all, what you have to know is that if anyone does you a favor, even though he didn't mention anything about pay, it's quite likely, if it's the kind of thing that people usually take money for, that he wants pay. And you cannot turn around and say, you, you, you did it for free, I didn't ask you to do this. He does, he, he, you will have to pay him. Uh, had, you, had, is he, had he been hired to do this, this uh, action, because it's a mitzvah, maybe of Hashava Saveda, or Hatzola, or whatever other, he had to save you from something, or whatever it was, then you have to pay his expenses, you have to pay any loss he may have incurred, because otherwise he would have been at his desk earning money, but you do not have to pay him for the action that he did. You don't have to pay him for his four hours of work, $100 an hour, whatever he's asking. Um, what happens if you have a neighbor who took out a building permit for you and himself so that you can extend your house? So if he did the whole thing for himself and it was, he incurred absolutely no extra tircha, no extra bother, no extra expenses to do it for you also at the same time, he did it for himself and you don't have to, you don't have to pay him anything. However, if it, it was extra bother or extra expense, you're going to have to pay your part of it. Uh, according to what the Rav thinks, according to how much the Rav thinks you have to pay, because you are benefiting it from your friend's actions. Uh, somebody who teaches his friend's son Torah, some say that because a father has to teach a son Torah, even find someone to, and pay someone to do so, therefore some say that you, he, you're the one who taught his friend's son, not asking for any wages, gave private lessons to the neighbor's boy, now turns up at the end of the year, with a bill for the whole year, yes, some say he will have to pay, others argue. Somebody who tells his friend, will you come have a meal with me? Come eat, and he gives him a lavish meal, and then he gives him a bill. Yes, you have to pay, unless if you can prove that he meant to give it to you for a present. Some say, that. well, it depends really on the setup. The post can actually bring, the Trimus of the Session brings a, a story about the son-in-law who went on eating at his father-in-law's 
beyond the, the dowry, like he promised him two years or five years or whatever it was, and he went on living in his house and eating there for who knows how long, and then he billed him for it. So it depends. If it's quite likely that he meant to go on giving him for free, and it's only because they had an argument afterwards that he started asking for money, then he will. He does not have to pay. But if it's uh, you know on on you know the 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 base facts are that somebody doesn't give somebody else something for free, and you must in, unless if he can prove that he was given it for free, he will have to pay for eating at his father-in-law's. Uh, even if, if somebody does, it's quite common that somebody might do a shidduch or, or even a shidduch of a building and he didn't ask for any money and he thought he was doing it as a favor. It doesn't mean he's moichel. Unless if you can prove he was doing it, a, a, doing it as a favor, he can come ask you in five or ten years time for pay and you have to pay him. However, if someone was constantly doing a favor for somebody else and sat down with him and said, listen, from now on you have to pay. So that would show us that he is willing to willing to relinquish. He is foregoing all the money that he he that that you know till now he was doing it for free, and he is foregoing any pay. And only from now on he wants to be paid. So somebody who went down into somebody else's field and started to plant trees there, made it into an orchard, or whatever it is. Um, the same thing could could be with if somebody went into somebody else's chorva and developed it and built it up beautifully. So what would be the din? Well, the din is he didn't, he's not doing this for free. So in some circumstances, it depends really whether this, this ground is meant for orchards. Maybe it, this ground is meant for growing wheat, not trees. It depends whether this churva is meant to be built up or not. There are churvas in certain areas which are supposed to stay empty, maybe for another 10 years till they become valuable, or it just doesn't pay to build them up. Uh, but there are churvas in fancy areas or wherever else when, when it does pay to build them up. So in certain circumstances, the owner can, the balabais can tell the developer, please take your wood, your wood and stones, I don't need them, I wasn't interested in developing. But in a place where it is oimed to lintoya, or it is oimed livnois, in a place where it, it is a development area, he cannot necessarily say that. And then the, the, it would depend how much he's interested in having this latest development. If he's obviously interested in it because he moved into it himself or started renting it out or started putting fences around these trees, then he will have to pay full price. You'll have to estimate what the local price is for doing such a development and he would have to pay it. Unless if you can say, I'm also an, a developer and I would have done it myself. Uh, if it's not, uh, if, if he says, I don't want it, I don't need it, but it is a developing area, so a development area, then he will have to pay the lesser of the two, the shvach or the hoitzo'o, as we explained before. Either the, the lesser of the two, the expenses, the price of the expenses or the improvement in the, the increase in the value, the lesser of the two. Uh, somebody who was Yared Birashus, you asked him to do the development, so then he can't really say, well, oh, we'll take your stones, and he can't really ask anything. And a partner may always be that some, one of the families in an, in, a, in an apartment building is a partner. They may always have that. If you saw him doing this and you stayed quiet and it's improved it, you have to pay. Um, can he turn around and say, I'm taking my trees? Well, it depends. If he planted an orchard, he can't, because you've already weakened my land, having the trees here till now. If it is a house that he would be able to take out the air conditioner and the intercom 
and the the whatever else. So then then yes, but if when he starts to take out those those main pillars he's put into the the foundations, the whole house is going to fall down. Then we will not let him take his things out. Um, okay, so if you moved into a house, um, a dilapidated house, and you built it up nicely, so anything which was desperate for the to just um, make this house safe, so that you could ask for you could ask payment or deduct it from your rent if you happen to be paying rent. But if you did extra things, you just made fancy decorations and whatnot, or you split up one room, one big room into two rooms because you needed two rooms. He, he doesn't need that the balabais, and he does not have to pay you for it. So to anyone renting accommodation, if something needs doing, of course everything would depend on the lease and the, on the contract that you've written between you and on local custom. But uh, other than that, if something needs doing to bring it up to the standard of rented accommodation, then you can deduct that from your rent or have the landlord pay you for it. Anything which didn't need doing, you added extra things like an intercom or air conditioning in a place where you don't need that, extra fancy decorations, he does not have to pay you for what you've done. Okay, so if I were to take your... Some, sometimes it's impossible to say take back your wood. For instance, here is where the Nasivas brings the Raya from our sugya. If somebody coloured somebody else's garment, in those days you would pay, let's say, $5 to have your garment dyed, and I took your garment and I dyed it for you. Now you tell me, oh, take back the dye. Well, says the Nasivas, you can't say take it back because it's impossible for me to take it back. So too, were I to break into your house when you're on holiday and paint the house magnificently, when you come back you may have to pay me for that painting job. If it did need painting and it's a place where people paint, so it's a suya lintaya, a suya livnois, you cannot tell me, take, peel your paint back off the wall because I can't do that. You may have to pay me from the, for the painting job. So if you have a, a Kablana building contractor that you called him and you, uh, you drew up contracts and wrote up plans and architects and everyone and he has made a grave mistake. Instead of making the room three by two, he made it two by three or, or the other or, or maybe he made it too, too high, too narrow, too whatever. So it's a Suya Livnois. You can't tell him. You asked him. It was Birashus. What is your complaint that he did it wrong? The, I know the fashion is to make huge claims and, and uh, get huge deductions. At the end of the day, there's very little that you can do apart from have your apartment valued and try to have it valued if he would have done the right thing and knock off the difference because he is a yorid, virashus, even if he's a yorid, shalobrishus for that job, it's a seer livnois, and therefore you're happy with what he's built. The chances are that by the time the lawsuits are rolling, you're already living in there and you've put up curtains and done the interior decoration. You do have to pay him kedin, you will not gain much by fighting for a discount. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars, or media, Please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the